0: Hello, and welcome to the debut episode of Newton's Laws of Sports. I am your host, Christian Newton. For this special occasion, I decided to call in someone I know very well, someone who has taught me a lot about the sports industry, and someone I consider very close professionally. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce Patrick Driscoll. Joining me today is a very special guest, someone I would consider a mentor of mine getting into the uh, sports industry. It is none other than Austin Preparatory School Director of Athletics and Summer Programs, Patrick Driscoll. Pat, how are you? And what have you been up to during the pandemic? Hey,
1: Christian. Thanks. Uh, first of all, thanks for uh, having me uh, on the uh, first episode. I feel pretty lucky to be uh, to be a part of this. Uh, things are going well here at uh, Austin Prep and just uh, try in terms of what I'm doing during the uh, pandemic is, uh, you know, work-wise, just trying to provide some opportunity for the kids to stay active and doing that exactly for myself, too. Just trying to stay active and, uh, you know just trying to do the right things to uh overcome this
0: it's good to hear so first topic we're going to get into the pat driscoll origin story <laughs> so to start off how many siblings do you have and where in the quote-unquote depth chart of your family are you
1: all right uh I am actually one of seven, and I'm actually right in the middle on the depth chart. I have uh, two older brothers and older sister, and uh, two younger brothers and a younger sister. So, uh, that's that's where I am. So,
0: jeez, sandwich right in the middle.
1: Sandwich right in the middle. So,
0: so uh, growing up, what what kind of sports did you play?
1: Uh, growing up, again, with, with with such a big family, it was always everybody did you know all kinds of activities, but Kind of like unorganized stuff um, from organized sports too, but like, you know, playing street hockey, roller hockey, uh, tackle football, uh, and then, you know, to organize stuff, you know, hockey, baseball uh, were, uh, were, were, were key throughout, you know, high school. But I did play some uh, basketball too growing up, uh, organized uh, in the youth leagues and stuff too, so.
0: No, I find that hard to believe.
1: I, I, can, Basketball?
0: I, can, <laughs>
1: I, I, I can shoot the ball. I, I, can, I, I, have, I have a touch behind the arc. You know, I can, I can hit some threes when it counts.
0: Oh, behind the arc. I was going to say two feet in is your range.
1: Uh, you know, I leave that for the big <laughs> end, you know?
0: Fair enough. So clearly your siblings had an impact on you in sports, but how did they
1: motivate you specifically? Motivation from from my siblings. I mean, I think I got that motivation from both my, my older older and younger siblings, uh, in, in my time. And, and just, um, you know, seeing the way that they went about their business, you know, they, they played, uh, you know, sports, uh, my, my older brothers, uh, you know, football, baseball, um, uh, sort of watch them go about their business and kind of pick, uh, pick the things that I really liked that they were, 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 doing and kind of modeling myself after them. But also, you know, even down to, uh, you know, my youngest brother, Mike, um, and watching the things that, that, that he did, um, was always uh you know it was fun to watch and then to kind of uh, use that as an example uh to apply it to myself too
0: so uh if you had to pick one sport which sport was your favorite by far growing uh, up
1: growing up was definitely baseball definitely definitely baseball um in terms of just um playing going to see it i mean you know down you know, I could you know was it in the backyard and it was with the ball with the bat, I was out there, you know, playing out with the you know, the, the, the you know kids in the on the block, but um it, it was fun. So
0: all right, transitioning from that. So we'll skip high school because clearly you were good enough and you made it to Assumption College to play college baseball. Yep. But before we get into the whole baseball thing, I gotta ask you. What major did you decide to choose when you went to Assumption College?
1: I uh, I decided to actually major in theology and uh, minor in philosophy, which was kind of funny because uh, it well, one it was always a passion. I I went to uh, Catholic elementary and in, in high school, obviously, uh, so it was something that was important to like my my family and myself in terms of my development. So that's why I kind of uh, chose that to to uh further my education but what was funny is actually one of my first uh practices in in the fall at assumption uh a teammate of mine uh, mike uh uh was like what are you going to major in and uh i said theology he's like what are you going to be a priest and i was like no not not, no no, that's not a priest he goes how about a deacon And i go yeah maybe a deacon like and And he started just calling me Deacon. That was my nickname in a sense. Like anybody that saw me was, uh, oh, hey, De- Deacon. So uh, that, that, major, uh, that decision and in that also led to my uh, nickname in college. So.
0: Do you have any other stories besides being called Deacon? Do you have any where you've told an opponent, hey, I'm a theology
1: major or even like an umpire or coach about this? Uh, yeah, you know, being a – so I was a catcher at, at Assumption. So, you know, part of the – a big role of being a catcher is having those conversations, you know, building that relationship with the umpires and trying – you know, you get on their good side, maybe you get a strike, big – you know, a big strike during the uh, – you know, late in the game. So always would have some conversation, But that would always come up. And I, I always thought it was funny because they always just paused because I don't think they – I think they either – one, they didn't know how to react. to two thought I was joking around. But it was just dead <laughs> silent. And then it always just change the subject, so
0: <laughs> so they must have thought you were a good Catholic boy, and like they wouldn't you would never lie about the strike zone like, hey, oh it, it hit the corner here come on, yeah. could use a call or two that's right, <laughs> or did you ever play the Jesus card, like Jesus is watching you,
1: no, you should I call a strike I, I didn't uh. I didn't uh, use that card, but I'm sure that I probably, when an umpire missed something, I probably said, Jesus Christ. And at least I could say, no, I'm just praying. It's got nothing to do with
0: <laughs> So fast forward to senior year, you get named a captain. How did you feel when you get, when you got named captain, that assumption?
1: I thought, uh, well, I mean, it was very humbling and honoring, uh, you know, an honor to be, to be named of a, you know, a college baseball team. I, I always, you know, the way that my parents brought me up is to, to do the right things, you know, be a leader, work hard, uh, and things will work out for you and, and you get recognized for, the, for those things. And kind of, so that's, that was my approach you know, from youth sports all the way through college is to just work hard, do what the coach says. Uh, and to me, to be able to be, say that I was a captain at, a, at a college, uh, it was really humbling experience.
0: So how did you evolve from say, freshman year, the deacon, to senior year, you're the captain now? Uh,
1: in terms of just like as, a, as a player or as, a, as like
0: – As like an individual, as a player,
1: well,
0: think, as, as a leader, as just a student athlete in general?
1: Well, I think that um, in terms of uh, involved, I think there's multiple parts to that is uh, – just as a student athlete and working on the student part. Like, for me, uh, my, my freshman year was, uh, you know, tough in terms of balancing the time, doing the right thing, getting in the weight room, uh, in, in doing homework. Um, you know, overall I did well, but it, it was kind of that just the, the amount of time that, that went into it, uh, and then just really learning how to really balance that time, put those into place uh, all the way to senior year, where you know I hope even as a sophomore and junior uh, to try to teach the younger guys that were, were coming in to school the kind of the you know tricks to the trade to say to because it would allow them to become a better a player and a better student a lot faster. Um, so you know, I evolved that way as as a, as a student uh, and then athletically just really uh, developing the art of catching, you know, really working and having a relationships with each pitcher and understanding what each pitcher needed depending on the situation too, you know. Um, you know, some pitchers really um, strive and want that pressure situation coming into the game with the bases loaded too well to the game on the line. Um, and others kind of struggle with that um so to try to work with them and understand what that pitcher needed at that particular time was something that i just got better and better um as time as time went on and, and again i think that's just through through experience uh, and then personally at assumption i just grew as a person and really become more comfortable in in who i was um and uh you know and that's just through you know just all the friendships you know that i made there um with roommates and teammates, um, really have helped shape who I am today.
0: All right. So there's a lot of positives that go into playing college athletics. There's also a few negatives. So talk about the pros and cons for you of playing college baseball, especially at the division two level.
1: The, the pros you said, I'm sorry.
0: Pros and cons.
1: Pros and I mean, well, the pro is just to be able to, is to be able to continue to play, uh, a sport and which is you know that you love and you get to do it at a very high level and to be able to actually see others that play at a high level i mean uh, it was awesome to always compete against great great kids uh, great players to play with great teammates um, to to go to you know to go into a game with people that uh, you know want to win just as much as you uh, to have that desire so to be to be around Uh, like-minded people uh is is definitely um you know the pro Uh, i think that playing college baseball and just athletics in itself has been um gave me the ability to do what i'm doing now um you know gave me um you know the structure the discipline to do what i'm now uh to build those relationships and understand the importance of, of of networking um in, in terms of cons, I, I don't know if there really is one. I guess, I guess uh, if there is one in the sense of um, it, the life of a student athlete in college is a lot different than the life of, of just a college student. And, um, you know, take one, one example would be just, you know, a lot of students uh, able to do like some study abroad stuff where uh, you just couldn't do that because you're, you're either in the fall, fall baseball, the winter time, you're, you're training, uh, and then obviously in the springtime, you're playing. So, you, you know, you're just not afforded those opportunities. And, you you know, maybe some other opportunities in terms of, like, just getting involved in some other campus, like, life stuff. Um, not that you, you don't – the social aspect's not there. Um, that's absolutely there. But just, you know, just kind of that, you know, what do you – like, on a – I don't know. Friday afternoon, in the middle of the spring uh, springtime, it's the first nice day of weather, and people out, you know, playing uh, volleyball and hanging out and kind of enjoying that experience. Uh, you're out on the field and you're you're working. Um, not that I wouldn't want to be there. I want to be there, but just you miss out on or you miss those. Your experiences are different. I should say.
0: All right. So, favorite spot on the Assumption campus for you?
1: Favorite spot on Assumption's campus is. Uh, behind the plate on a Saturday. All right.
0: Be- besides that, Saturday I mean,
1: enough, that's. Saturday Saturday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, right as the, right, uh, the national anthem is being played, and all the fans, they had a uh, big, they have a hills, there's a uh, dorm right behind the field, and all the kids would come out and, you know, they'd have their coolers uh, and chairs and, and watch the game it was uh that's uh, probably my favorite spot on uh, uh on campus uh in terms of uh kind of just hanging out stuff uh besides some of uh my buddies, uh you know dorm dorm room locations is uh there's the old place uh Charlie's where you could get a uh quick sandwich after the game and just hanging out uh with your friends acting like uh idiots but man they had the best mm-hmm. steak and cheese yeah ooh
0: can't go wrong with a steak and cheese
1: can't uh, go not wrong. Charlie! Well,
0: All right, Washington so with
1: some curly fries, but you can only do that every once ooh. in a while, you yeah.
0: I mean, you got to keep that figure for as a college athlete, right? Even if it's a baseball player.
1: That's right. Yeah, hey, watch yourself. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, coach would not be too happy. The workouts in the pool, uh, six o'clock pool workouts, would not be good.
0: Oof. Anyways, fast forward. You graduate from Assumption, theology major, first career, your first career move, you become a teacher at Malden Catholic. Talk about how you got into that and what was your experience like with being a theology teacher?
1: Um, yeah, I was very, very fortunate. Uh, to after I graduated to be able to, uh, to get a job at a you know, great, great, great high school at that, at that point, um, uh, they were just recently named like, uh, you know, top high school in the, in the, in the country by USA news and report. Uh, I think it was in 2001 or something. And, um, so it was a really exciting time in school to go in there, um, uh, to, to be part of it and to have that opportunity, uh, to work with some, uh, some teachers. And then obviously, uh, to be able to coach too, I was able to start, uh, coaching there yeah, so it was it was just a it was a really great opportunity blessed to have that opportunity uh it was definitely a learning experience just from you know being in the classroom being in the chairs to being in front of the chairs and in front of the students um was you know just a unique experience like change to it uh, but something I just fell in love with uh, it was uh, I knew that it was uh, my it was my calling
0: so in what ways did you uh, stay involved with athletics during your time at Malden Catholic? Uh,
1: well, as soon as I, as soon as I got there, I got involved in um, uh, the baseball program. Uh, I actually started coaching hockey over at Austin prep for the first couple of years. Uh, until then I made that transition uh, from Austin to, to Malden Catholic and, and coaching hockey. So I coached hockey all the way through from, uh, you know, with the varsity as, you know, from JV to assistant varsity to associate head coach. And then the baseball was, uh, you know, JV coach uh, into the into the varsity coach. Uh, so they kind of gave me a lot of opportunities. I actually did – I actually coached uh, a handful of years on the golf team too at Marlin Catholic.
0: Nice. So you were involved in sports as a coach, but at the time, did you – Ever at all consider becoming an athletic administrator did that ever cross your mind
1: at all? Um, no definitely when I was, like when I first started no uh, the more I got into kind of coaching and kind of seeing what's happened uh, it kind of uh, my interest level kind of rose a little bit, uh, but it wasn't like okay uh, I'm gonna go and be an athletic director it was you know i'm going to be a teacher coach you know
0: so when did you get your start in, as an athletic administrator? And did you have any hesitation on accepting the role?
1: Uh, I got into athletics as, you know, geez, as early as uh, 2004 or 5, uh, helping out with, with athletics, and which led into being like assistant athletic director. Uh, no, there was no hesitation. It was, um, you know, people had you know, reached out Uh, to me and said, hey, you know, I think you'd be good at this. Uh, You want to give it a try. And I absolutely anything to continue to stay involved in sports, learn more about sports. Uh, Because like I mentioned before, uh, sports has been really good to me. Um, It's given me, you know, it's really paved the path to where I am today. But it's also uh, provided opportunity for me to succeed and also opportunities for me to feel uh, in, in things that I learned from. So um it's whether I knew it at the time during those failures if it was good or not but looking back on it um you know it was just it was sports has always been a, a tool to shape who I am
0: so who did you when you first started who did you look at as a mentor or who do you still look at as a mentor still today
1: well I I um you know, the one that really took it that took me kind of into that next level as like assistant athletic director was uh, Chris Serino, who was the uh, prior to coming to and Catholic, was the director of athletics uh, and head hockey coach at, at Merrimack College. He's, um, he was an assistant hockey coach and head baseball coach at UNH for quite some time, too. So he just really took me under his wing. I mean, uh, I learned so much about him as, a, for, as an administrator uh, in certain approaches, um, to take, but also, um, probably even probably shaped me more as a coach than, uh, kind of as an, as an administrator. Um, uh, so he did do, you know, such a, uh, he was such a mentor for me on that, but, uh, he was very, very important in terms of kind of mentors still today. Uh, I, I guess there's just so many different uh, colleagues that I have, um, that I'll reach out to, uh, and talk to uh, you know, obviously the, some of the administration that I have here that I really look up to is, you know, Dr. Hickey and, and uh, John Paul and some of the things that, that they do uh, kind of uh, one person actually is also an athletic director who I met at my time at and at Catholic was Tom Maria uh, and his brother Mark. They're both uh, athletic directors uh, in that Ma- in massive in Massachusetts. Ones at Cambridge, one's at Winchester. I have a lot of respect for them because uh, you know, I think we're cuts on the same cloth in terms of uh, discipline and hard work. Uh, So I really just appreciate the way that they go about their business because at the end of the day, the decisions that they make uh, are are for the kid's best interest.
0: What specifically did you take away from uh, Chris Serino when you first started out and what do you still, what lessons from him do you still use today?
1: I would say that the first thing that comes to mind uh, with with Chris is his preparation in terms of practice for, for um, as a, as a coach, and which is like no no stone no stone goes unturned uh, in terms of preparing preparing every aspect um, that there was no way that another team was going to throw something at us that uh, we didn't see or didn't talk about. Uh, we would always be able to have something to make to make that adjustment. And that has really shaped the way that I kind of uh, do my own administration and try to cover all the stuff that I'm looking at, whether it's preparing for a season or, or talking with the coach and try to give them tips to become a better coach um, comes from, from those experiences and those moments of just, just constantly uh, being prepared. Uh, and also, you know, the willingness to uh, understand that you don't know everything but the, but you can go and find out and ask questions and 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 you can learn from anyone
0: so is he still around today or did he pass away
1: well chris chris is uh had passed had passed away um, just uh, in, i believe 2012 october 2012 uh, you know Sad that he's not here uh, in uh, physical presence, but he's definitely here in spirit. Uh, you know, I still think of him often, uh, whether it's uh, when I'm lacing on my skates to, to get on the ice uh, or uh, just kind of reflecting on my own life of where I am. Uh, you know, he played such a big part of that. And, again, just being in the athletic world is so small, so many people knew him too. So uh, there's always those occasional exchanges of stories, laughing and joking about him uh, yelling and screaming or something. So especially with the referees.
0: Fast forward, you started racking up some accolades, not only with your Modern Catholic Successful Hockey Program, but also you got nominated as the MIAA District H Athletic Director of the Year Award in 2016. Talk about how that felt when you received the award.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, again, it was, to get any type of those, You know, when we talked about like being named captain or, being named, you know, athletic director of the year. Um, to me, to me, that wasn't just my award. That was an award that uh, I shared with that with my coaches, uh, with the teachers in the school, uh, and of course with the the student athletes and the parents. I mean, uh, the successes and things cannot happen without those or those around you. Um, you know, to me, it's it's their hard work. It's their you know, their dedication to the, to the program. So uh, it was really humbling. And and especially just knowing how many um, other great uh, athletic directors are out there that, you know, are doing the same thing day in and day out trying to provide the best uh, athletic experience uh, for our student athletes.
0: So what re what were the reasons you got the award Uh, just for, just for the listeners to uh, uh
1: Probably because they just couldn't name anybody else. I was probably just, I was probably giving it to them by default,
0: Oh, stop it. Oh, geez. Uh, Don't give me that.
1: (laughs) uh, I, you know, in terms of like what the awards given, you know, technically, like what the criteria as far as just, you know, somebody that's been in, in athletics, you know, for X amount of years and. And those that contributed in a positive way for the student athletes experience. So, um, uh, and had helped, uh, the high school program, uh, achieve, you know, success. So, um, uh, again, I think the ultimate thing, or the reason for it was because I had a, a lot of, uh, great coaches and people that, uh, that I worked with closely, uh, you know, from, you know, especially, uh. Chevy Endicott, who um, was my uh, assistant at at Malden Catholic at, at at the time, uh, you know, she she makes me look she she made me look good. So,
0: so you're talking about how you try not to leave any stone unturned as a coach. You also try to do that as an athletic director. How how do you try to balance that, well, especially what especially when you're coaching in season?
1: I think a great question. I think that is the challenge uh, of being an athletic director and coach at the same time. Uh, it takes a lot of uh, discipline and uh, organization and commitment to what you're doing. You really have to love what you're doing. So I think to be able to do that uh, is because I love what I'm doing. Uh, I don't really look at it as I'm going to work. It, it's I, I get to go to you know go to school and and, and be part of a, a community, be part of a, a team. Uh, and contribute with, uh, with my with my uh, strengths uh, in terms of just no, no stone unturned. Um, again, I think it's more of just putting in that time prior to everything happening, um, trying to look over across, across you know, making those lists, checking them twice, uh, and again, just having a great team around me um, that enables me to do that.
0: You started at Malden Catholic. You were there for a while, and then you made the transition to Austin Prep. How difficult was it for you to leave Malden Catholic and make that decision?
1: Yeah, I was at uh, Malden Catholic, 18 years. um, And I had the, uh, i was really fortunate to have, uh, you know, I had John Ballard, who was the, who was the AD uh, at at Austin Prep, reached out to me. Uh, We had some conversations about some changes that were happening at uh, at Austin and, you know, would I entertain the idea of coming over, uh, to, to Austin prep and, you know, being a graduate, it was, to me, it was like a no brainer. And the more and more I talked to, with them, um, you know, with, with Dr. Hickey and, and JP and having that opportunity to come here, uh, it was a no brainer, um, uh, in terms of, uh, my next step in my in, in, in career and things where I wanted to go and be able to give back to the community, uh, that gave so much to me. Um, what, I mean, I love my time at, at Malling Catholic. Um, what I think what, if it was difficult in terms of leaving was just saying goodbye to, you know, some of the kids that, you know, the coach and families that, that I, that I coached and teachers that I worked, uh, really closely with. Um, but I wouldn't say that that I was leaving them, that those relationships that last a lifetime. Um, so I guess that what, when you're making those change from being in a place for, for, one year for being in a place for so long, uh for so many years, uh, I think that the toughest part is just um that the new, you know, climate, like the new new environment, um and just getting used to the um the new the new look, you know?
0: You're a graduate of Austin prep. You come back to your to your school. Do you yep. do you feel any pressure?
1: But being feel- the athletic
0: director at your all in the matter or
1: Uh, no, uh, no, no pressure, no more pressure than I, you know, did, uh, at Mallon Catholic, no more pressure than that I would put on myself, uh, to be, um, you know, to be successful. I think that it's, um, there's a, there's a certain pride that comes with it. It's a, it's a different type of pride, uh, in trying to, to provide, uh, the best experience for student athletes, considering that I put on that, that 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 same uniform and uh had that austin prep that ap on 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 my jersey that and and to see it uh on other other students and what it actually uh meant means to me meant to me when i when i wore that uniform and what it what it means to them so uh no not 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 any different pressure in terms of trying to be successful uh or to you know to have success or the success that um they've had here prior prior to me, um, it's just um, it's just a, a, a very fortunate opportunity and a blessing uh, to be able to give back to a school uh, and community that gave so much to me. I had so many teachers and coaches that influenced me along the way and shaped who I am today. So to hopefully have some type of impact um, for students and student athletes here um, that teachers and coaches had on me that hopefully I can play that role uh, with them too.
0: So since you're in a position of leadership at your alma mater, talk to us about your personal, what, how, your view on leadership and what your personal philosophy is.
1: Uh, my view on, on leadership, my, my personal philosophy, uh, and I guess uh, I would, I would use this as uh, I guess my theology background and my athletic background. Uh, I am a real believer of being uh, servant leadership, um, you know, going through, uh, again, being that, that background and having that experience and uh, understanding about, you know, um, you know, I always learned that, you know, Jesus was that, that servant, that servant leader. Uh, and I just, I think it translates uh, still to today about uh, the best leaders are those that serve those people around them. Uh, that I try to push them to become better. Uh, I always, I believe that um, if I can provide an opportunity for um, those in my life uh, to become better, then I'm being being a good leader. And I think the way to do that is through, through serving, um, serving others.
0: I can't help but talk about it now, especially with the climate we're in now. So what what leadership change like and changes have you had to make during this pandemic?
1: Yeah I think it's a great question, uh, Christian. I think that uh, you know when everything was happening, and all of a sudden you're in a building every single day, um, and you're just all of a sudden cut off physically from uh, your coaches, your, your, uh, your student athletes, uh, you know, the whole school community, you're, you're just all of a sudden cut off. That again, I just I fell back on that idea of servant leadership. That I need to provide opportunities uh, and lead uh, those around me. Um, You know, get it. You know, and for me, that was like getting on the phone, communicating to the coaches what's happening, getting on Zooms, uh, meeting with my captains, meeting with my um, athletic uh, department staff, uh, and really trying to be a source of consistency to them and a source that hey. Uh, this is uncertain times but uh, we can use these times to get better we can use these times to um, take us to the next level this isn't this isn't a time that we just uh, kind of sit back and not do anything but let's this is a time that we do some we do more uh, and again it goes back to serving what could we you know and that was the challenge that was the question to the athletic department you know the staff the coaches what can we do uh, to provide more for our students at this time and I think I think they those around me, you know, really uh, did an awesome job and really uh, stepped up to the challenge that surpassed, uh, you know, even uh, my expectations. And we really just grew and grew off of that. So, um, so the leadership change is more of just because you weren't in contact and how do we stay in contact? Uh, but I think the fundamental uh, foundation. The, the, my philosophy in terms of leadership was just to serve you know
0: with this pandemic obviously you got there's going to be quite a few changes so how will this affect your operation not just now with the pandemic but in the future hopefully post-pandemic
1: um well i think <clears throat> how's it how's it going to change well in the immediate part it's just always that unknown. It's the change of trying to come up with, I would say that I always had go back to this planning pot, you know, plan, you know, a, a and B always have a, you know, a plan B, uh, well with this, it's have a plan B, C and D, because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, so we, you know, we're, we're looking at different ways to approach. I think things that changed that will probably change forever is that interaction with coaches, uh, and players, um, you know, be doing via Zoom, uh, in in classrooms and stuff. So, you know, I, uh, just take for instance, uh, during the winter time, uh, there's a snowstorm. You were supposed to practice, practice gets canceled. You hop on a Google, you know, classroom, you know, Google uh, classroom or Zoom, and all of a sudden now you can break down film. You can watch this with your students. So even though uh, you're not physically with each other, you can still get things done. Um, I, you know we had, uh, uh, spring coaches were doing some classroom related stuff, you know, with their particular sport. So, uh, for instance, you know, baseball, we're showing videos on like, you know, proper techniques on leads and bunts. So uh, those resources can always be used and then brought back out. So, uh, going forward, I see that I, my expectation for the coaches is to kind of build that library, um, because it's such a good resource to always have. So,
0: now, how challenging is it to get the coaches and the student athletes not only to buy in, but just like keep their kind of keep their attention during this?
1: I think that for uh, for the coaches first, I don't think it was really tough for them to buy in. Like you know, they wanted to do it, they they want to provide for the for the students. And at the end of the day, that's why coaches are, that's why coaches are involved. They want to do uh, what's right for the kids, so they did it for the kids. I think it was the same thing. They wanted something. I think as the weather got warmer uh, and they had the ability to kind of go outside and do the sport, even though uh, they couldn't do it as a team, I think that was kind of where the struggle came in because, you know, as an athlete, you want to go and do it. You don't want to just talk about it and see it. You want to actually do it. You want to take what you've learned and put it into practice. So I think that's where the biggest struggle for, for them in terms of that, that motivation to, to keep going. And to, but again, to have them understand that they can use this opportunity uh, to become a better athlete. Uh, but it, was, it is just a different philosophy, right? I mean, for most sports, you know, the whole, whole thing coaches are trying to do is, hey, you have to be a team. You have to do things together. You have to support each other. you got to, in like that kind of rah-rah practice, you're, you're, you know, slapping each other on the back. You're pushing each other. You're motivating each other, you know, in, in that physical presence and physical, you know, space. And now all of a sudden this is, hey, you know, you, hey, Christian, you became, can become a better athlete at your house, in your backyard, you know, drip practicing, dribbling, uh, you know, the soccer ball or uh, the basketball or uh, taking hacks on, on out of tees. So all of a sudden you have to try to have that team philosophy, but instilling almost an individual thought process on it too. So um, I think that was a unique, uh, still is a unique thing.
0: Now let's talk about the challenges with not just the student athletes, but the student population in general. And from your perspective as an administrator, talk about the challenges of not only retaining students, but uh, quote quote unquote recruiting sort of say students to, to come to Austin prep. How challenging is that going to, is that going to be with the pandemic?
1: The pandemic? Um, well, I think, listen, at the end of the day, uh, you know, students have choices to go to schools all over the place. Um, you know, obviously a challenge if they, when they couldn't come to actually see, see, the, see the school to go. But uh, overall, uh, because Austin had, we, we didn't miss a day of school when this whole thing happened. We, we went right into remote learning and uh, they, were, they were in, you know, in classes. They were in a structured classroom you know, from eight in the morning till two in the afternoon. So their structure of the school day didn't change. It just changed where they were going. So at, at the point, my point to that is that a lot of, we got a lot of good uh, feedback from parents, which told other teen, uh, other families, which then they got want to become interested in Austin Prep and you know, come there for, for the academics. Uh, and then obviously there's some great, you know, great athletics to go along with it. But, you know, uh, the students come here for, for the academics uh, first. And it goes to the dedication of the faculty and staff or what they put in it to provide it. Um, I think it's a different time, um, you know, from when I was, a, from when I was, you know, a high school age kid in terms of what motivates me. Uh, they, I, I feel like a, there's just a different way not getting up in the face of, of uh, kids. I think, you know, kind of I was coach in some ways with, you know, you know, quote unquote, coach them with fear where uh, I think the best way to coach kids today is coach them with knowledge and and coach them with care. Um, And because I think that this generation of uh, student athletes that are seeing uh, uh, student athletes uh, that are the most uh, open to uh, differences, open um, uh, of accepting individuals around them Um, and I think that that's the approach that they that they want taken with them they want that that personal care Uh, I would say that in some regards um, they do struggle with some failure I think that uh, we do live in a a times where everybody kind of gets awards uh, in terms of like trophies and I'm not a huge believer that everybody gets awards, but I do, I'm a believer that every person can be told that they're, uh, if they're doing a good job, that there they can be some type of recognition, but they struggle when they're not doing that. And they don't get that, that recognition that they may expect because, Oh, I just showed up and I went to practice. Well, that doesn't mean that you practice well. It doesn't mean you practice hard. Um, so it's, I guess the, the challenge for that is to, have them understand expectations of just, it's not just about showing up. Though so that is important. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's an important part to get there. You have to show up to actually do something, uh, but then what are you doing with that time?
0: Now, last thing from you. I survived twice as your intern yep would you like to give the listeners pieces of advice if they will ever wanted to get into the athletic administration industry in particular in high school sports
1: uh piece of advice um in terms of just getting involved with with high school athletics is uh you know christian and, I, and i'll give you uh, a lot of credit in terms of this because i think and when we have talked um, about it, I, it's always that willingness to just say yes uh, and to get into the into the weeds. Um, don't always look to try to uh, be an intern and try to you know get paid to do that. If you have an opportunity, just get into it, get involved, um, whatever it is, because that's how I you know as you were talking about uh, as I got into athletics, it. The reason why somebody thought I was good for that position was because they would ask, "Hey, would you, you know, run the clock? Or would you set the field up? Would you?" And I just said, "Yes, yes, yes, yes." And the next thing you know, I'm learning and I'm gaining experience, and at the same time, I'm networking, which I think is huge. is just networking and getting to know people because in this business, if you don't know people, it's very, very tough to get into it. Because uh, you know, if I had a, if I posted a job uh, here at Austin Prep for say uh, like uh, for another assistant in the athletic department, uh, I'll have a, a thousand plus resumes and that's not an exaggeration. Um, how do I break that down? Well, if I got a phone call of four or five people, uh, that I knew, uh, that were recommending somebody, uh, I would, I would, uh, really consider that, that recommendation from somebody that I respected. So like the two to kind of sum that up two parts, always say yes, and network.
0: all right that's enough of you answering the questions now we are gonna flip the script where you get you get to ask three questions and i will do my best to answer so right. let's let's start the interrogation
1: all right all right uh <laughs> question number one who was your who do you who who do you think was your best coach in your uh uh, time playing athletics and why? Why was that individual the best coach?
0: For me, I think the best coach that I ever had was my travel soccer coach, John LaRoche. just because he had one of the big things that I struggle with at times is self-confidence. And when a coach like really beats down on me, I start to get really down and start to question myself. But he, he was always one to pick you up And not only just pick you up, but show you like, all right, this is what you're doing wrong. Hey, I'm willing to help you, whether it's during practice or just a time alone and just being able to help you say, okay, here's where your positioning needs to be as a goalie or here's what you can look for distribution wise. Hey, you can, even though you're a goalie, you can still work on your foot skills. Here are some skills you can work on. So just being, being coached is the biggest thing. Just having a coach say, I know you, you may be struggling in some games, you may be inconsistent, but here are ways to get better. And I still have faith in you. And that's, that's the biggest thing, biggest reason why he was my favorite coach by far.
1: Awesome. Awesome. That's good. That's, uh, that's pretty special to have coaches like that, that, uh, you know, that can uh, motivate you and, and, uh, you know, reach into a part of you to to make you better. So that, that's awesome. Thanks for uh, sharing that. So, uh, so I know that you've, uh, you've had your uh, experience from going as a, from a student and then going into uh, in college and then grad school, uh, interning. I know that you, you interned for some crazy guy at uh, Austin Prep. Uh, but if you could go back and tell, uh, you know, the freshman in college Christian um, in terms of preparing yourself for where you are now, Uh, would you tell him to do something differently? uh, One and two, what piece of advice would you give him?
0: So freshman year in college, and even before that, like senior year of high school, Christian would have said, I want to be a sports broadcaster. It looks like so much fun. And if anything, I, I wish I could go back and say, if you wanted it so bad, you you needed to fix your attitude. You need to like really go after it. You can't just be like, you can't just go to one meeting. Like, ah, this is, this ain't it. You gotta, you gotta stick with it. But I think the biggest thing I would say is find, find what you enjoy. And one of the things I enjoy is sports, whether it's as a viewer, as a participant, or even just as a supporter, just go out, find something in sports, but understand you're going to have to put the work in and it's not always going to be so glorious, but if you put the work in and you're, like you said, if you're willing to say yes, people will respect you. People will count on you and more opportunities will be afforded to you.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, last question. Though I, though I snuck in an extra one. So you, you know, you, 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 yeah. This is, this is, I'll, I'll have to owe you, I'll have to owe you one, but.
0: Uh, yeah, that's all good, don't worry.
1: <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your go-to food after a big athletic event?
0: Oof. big go-to. So I live in Gardner, and as of last year, they opened up another, they opened up a 99 restaurant. All right. So me and my buddy, who's a, one of the, the JV basketball coach, we would just we would go after games or whatever. We we'd sit down, just talk and like we either vent like oh this player oh his effort or man why does why does he keep messing up the plays and so on and so forth or even just like wow this this kid really had a special game like he stepped up big time just things just talks like that just going to the ninety nine and then I'm not a picky eater per se. But if I had a choice, like one last meal, 99, honey, barbecue, chicken wrap. Ooh.
1: All right. All right. I was going to ask That's... you, Buffalo wings or the go- oh, the golden fever, you know? Buffalo. Buffalo, all right. Buff- all right.
0: Buffalo out of the two. But if you gave me a third option, I'd say barbecue all day, every day.
1: I think, uh, you know, thanks for letting me uh, switch the uh, script on you. But I think at the end of the day, the, the script, you summed it up in that last, uh, your last uh uh, comment about you know being at the 99 with the coach really what you were talking about is uh, building relationships and and uh, and I think that's what's awesome about athletics is uh, you build relationships that last a lifetime and you just never forget those moments so I really appreciate that uh, that that uh, comment of those uh, those times with your, your friend as a fellow coach because uh, that's why for me that's why I get into it so I appreciate it.
0: Well, you know what, Pat Driscoll, I appreciate you being my first guest on Newton's Laws of Sports. So once again, thank you very much. And Pat, have a good day.
1: Thank you, thanks very much. I appreciate it and it was a uh, honor to be your first guest.
0: Thanks to Pat Driscoll again for taking time out and being the first guest on Newton's Laws of Sports. Tune in next week for a new episode of Newton's Laws of Sports. And continue to listen each week for new professionals in the sports industry. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.